Welcome to the DBS Films Podcast, a behind-the-scenes look into making indie films. Learn from DBS Films about their process, tips, and fun stories that all come with making multiple movies. Hey everybody, welcome to DBS Films Podcast. My name is Kel, with me as always is my brother Brennan. Together we make movies with DBS Films, and today's episode, we're going into part one of a scene-by-scene breakdown of our newest feature horror film, and that is Horror in the Forest. You can go ahead and take a look at this movie right now online on Amazon Prime. And if you go ahead and give it a watch and a review, it means the world to us as it allows us to continue to make movies for our fans, with our fans. Be sure to take a look at our Discord channel online because that is a place to be for all of our open auditions and working with us as a cast and or crew. With that being said, my friends, it is time for us to hop into a scene-by-scene breakdown. Um, We've waited a little bit of a while for this one to get up there, so we're excited very excited to do this movie. And, you know, before we hop into it, I think I just kind of want to stress again that this is really probably the best thing you can do as a filmmaker is just sit down, watch your movie, understand what you like, what you didn't like, and get that feedback. So before we hop in, do you want to kind of talk about how, you know, really being able to watch your movies, that is when you get that exponential growth as a filmmaker? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you have to... I personally have a two channel um I have a two channel review system. The first is obviously myself. Um I try and give myself critical feedback. I try and you know take a break from watching the movie. So after I send it off to quality control, it usually gets released. That takes about one to two months. In this case, three months. I haven't watched this movie since I sent it off on June 15th. Obviously, when um, I woke up on Friday, I saw that it was or Thursday, I saw that it was up and I sat down. I watched it as a fan of a horror movie. And, you know, I took notes and I try to give myself feedback on, you know, what I liked and what I didn't like, because when you're editing this movie and you're going through quality control, you're so focused on small little details um, that you kind of get you kind of lose the forest through the trees And also, you're just so used to the movie, you're kind of not seeing it with fresh eyes, you can't really be objective. But after, you know, a couple months break, you know, you're watching it again. And sometimes it can be better than you remembered, it can be worse than you remembered. So I kind of give myself feedback on, you know, what I would change, what I would do differently. And then obviously, the second channel is from our fans, from our reviewers, from people who like horror movies, their feedback is just as important. You know, I'm making movies for fans, for people to enjoy. And I want to make sure that I'm making movies that people like, that I'm removing the things that they didn't like, and that, you know, we're growing as a filmmaking company. And I think that if you don't upload something, which is why we really stress uploading things, if you can't get that final uploaded project, if it's always in post, well, then you're kind of like, well, I could always change this. I could always make this better. But once it's uploaded, like our movie right now on Amazon, can't make any changes. It is what it is. You know, I have to live with that feedback. But we do make a lot of movies. We revisit concepts. And so next time we do this, we do Into the Forest 3, our Horror in the Forest 2, you know, we're going to be much better. It's going to have a much better product project. Um, but that being said, I'm really happy with how this movie turned out. I'm really happy with everyone involved. And really, this is a very, very close movie to ha- to what I had in my head with the original concept. All right. With that being said, let's hop right in with our intro. And, you know, as we always say, intros are super critical. It really is kind of a make or break for it. Um, we had amazing, amazing support with our Discord members of Jessica and uh, Lizzie, our intro mom and intro girl. 
And it really kind of sets the tone. And I think, you know, uh, having it being that the kids are going missing, I think it is kind of important that we did have uh, a younger child actress when it comes to kind of setting the, the tone there. Um, you know, overall, I think it's I think it's really good intro in the sense of it sets a tone and everything. I think if I had some feedback for it, I think it could be a slightly shorter potentially. But the biggest one, too, is and I think something we've kind of really picked up on. We immediately did in a cold grave and we also kind of did in the Bigfoot project. Just more of a oomph when it comes to special effects. So, yeah, we had we did two of the yeets, which is where they're getting yanked out of the the tent and the um uh they're yanked or yanked out of the tent twice but i think you know when we have a cold grave you get the throat slit and then i mean the bigfoot project you got an eye popping out and uh, a head smash so i think we really kind of upped the ante on those special effects in the sense of kind of giving it a little bit more of a oomph to it but i think overall this is a very very solid intro and i do think you know lizzie and jess did just an amazing job in kind of you know, having that family dynamic, having them out in the woods, essentially very similar to what Nelson, you know, would have went through in the sense of he was walking and hiking with his daughter. So what are kind of your thoughts of this interesting? Yeah, I think the objectives were to, you know, build a little bit of the lore, build a little bit of the world, which is, you know, there's a paranormal entity out there and it takes and abducts people. And I think we did that. The other objective was to, you know, punch the viewers in the gut immediately, get something that's action oriented, get them into the movie, get get the whole feeling of, Oh my God, just what just happened, you know, and get people really kind of hooked on this. And I thought we did that. I thought they both did a really good job of, you know, building that little scene and making it work. Um, that being said, I do think it's just lacking something. Um, I think it's good, but obviously I'm a perfectionist. I'm trying to make it great. And I think what you said is true. You know, some really gnarly special effects have been really, really cool. Um, but I also think just having them static in the tent and I don't want to do the tent again because these tents, that scene was so difficult to do just because that tent was so small. And I just remember being in a really awkward position for almost three to four hours. Um, it was not fun at all. But I think having them move around a little bit more would have been more engaging. I think just it was more or less a lot of static shots. Yeah, they're walking in the beginning, but then you have a static shot of uh jessica on the phone then you have a static shot of lizzie in the the um the fire pit and then the rest is done through the tent and static shots you know yeah the camera moves but the whole premise of a found footage movie is to to make the viewer feel like they're there they're interacting and a lot of that is movement so i'm wondering if it would have been better if we would have had them you know moving around in the woods you know it gives us more options to have different pop-ups but really I think to seal this and to really make it um, go full circle, to really make it establish the lore, I think it's like what you said. I think this scene needs to be Nelson and his daughter, because if it's done like that, then we don't need to explain the whole day, which you know was a long scene in the middle of the movie, and instead we can kind of recap it. And then when you finally meet Nelson, you know exactly what happened to him. Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting. I think a good way to see if we're kind of on the right one is I'm really curious how a Bigfoot, the the Bigfoot movies intro will play out. Because I think for A Cold Grave, I think we kind of have the quick cuts of the search party. So you kind of have that movement. But I'm really interested if the Bigfoot project, if that ends up having a, a better pacing to it. I think the thing is, is when you start the Bigfoot project, they're kind of already, you know, on a mission. 
So you kind of know something's already happening. Where I feel like in the horror in the forest, you don't quite necessarily know what's kind of happening. It's like, because again, there's the static shots are kind of out in the camping there. There's not really that that push towards something's going to happen. And again, you know, with our trailer, with our cover, I would like to believe we get the benefit of the doubt of one minute of time from someone watching it. But it really is the case where, you know, attention is kind of there. And I think you land into much higher stake situations with both a cold grave and both a the the Bigfoot project where in horror in the forest, I feel like that pace only really starts to pick up once you get Lizzie hyperventilating in the tent. So what are kind of your thoughts on that pacing? Cause that's kind of what I, I was seeing there. I mean, I still think it's pretty quick. I think it's what, like four minutes long. Um, yeah. I mean, that- quick into it, but like, I, I'm curious if, if you start from like that first frame, cause like once you start with the Bigfoot project, you know, it's kind of like, Hey, we're, we're on a hunt versus they're just kind of camping. Yeah, I think the problem with that is like you don't if you just picked up with Lizzie, I think people don't really know what's going on. And I think like being in the woods and hiking is like what they need to know. Um, I still think the pacing's fine with this one. I know it could have been longer or shorter. We kind of chose this length, but I do agree with you. I think it'll be interesting to see how Horror in the Forest plays with Cold Grave, plays with Bigfoot intro. And I think out of all three of these, we're going to kind of figure out what's going on. Where this one, I think for the first time, we really hit them with a bang. We did a good job in Force of Death, too, with just getting pulled and getting people in the bang. But I still think we can build a little bit of more uh, of the world if we're just a little bit more clever. And I think we did that in cold grave pretty well it's very clear that they're searching for somebody you don't really know who they're searching for but then that gets revealed in the next scene with ben saying that was my sister and i think in bigfoot it's very clear what they're searching for i think with bigfoot though what's cool with that is like they're already doing something really crazy and dangerous and you're just kind of thrown into it and i think this is what i was talking about as far as like people like found footage because it makes them feel like they're part of it it's like a virtual reality movie and in Bigfoot, it's you're thrown into a mission. It reminds me of like Call of Duty or one of these video games where it's like, all right, gear up, ready, we're going, and you jump out of a helicopter or something like that, as opposed to, you know, um, Horror in the Forest where you're more passive. You're just kind of sitting there. You're almost like the cameraman in the corner. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with feedback and reviews. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts exactly on that is – you have you're basically you do pick up in that mission mode so you know something's going to happen where something unexpected kind of happens here and i mean we've watched a lot of other indie found footage movies and it literally could have just been them hiking you know like you you never would have known something would have happened like that whereas i feel like we set the stakes with cold grave and then we set the stakes even more with a bigfoot project but again very very well done intro um and if you don't have a good intro i mean you're you're going to be having some issues so very well done so then that picks up. We have our heroes. We have Andrew and Alexa. Our uh, Bo and Georgie are watching on what an amazing, cool-looking setup, which is my computer. They basically get the video. We have a little establishment there and a sense of what's going on. And, you know, I, I think we'll kind of lump these next two scenes together, which is basically this pickup and then the big what's going on. I think this is something that really, to me, highlights our understanding of the process that we talk about because basically what happens is you have that we explain what the video is even more so even if you had no explanation of what this video is that you're just watching you can kind of put together that something happened then we cut to them so you get your main characters they mention that it's coming to them and that's something they should investigate so okay they're investigators 
And then now, right at the five minute mark, we basically explain what's going on. And I think to me, this is like textbook indie filmmaking. Uh, and like, I think it's textbook filmmaking, period, of within the first five minutes, you now have an explanation of everything. By them seeing the video and then explaining what's going on, you understand that they're investigators. Then you get the full video of them, which, by the way, the lighting and the shotting of that one, I know we were working hard to kind of mimic it, but I think we got lucky with, I don't know, you picked a good spot. It looks amazing. But you have uh, Georgie and uh, Bo uh, basically just explaining exactly what's going on. So what are your thoughts on kind of this intro? Because to me, I just think this is like, this is probably one of the most solid setups for the intro I think I've ever seen us do that's a lot easier being found footage because you can just directly talk to the camera and say what's going on whereas like a scene like this would be very weird in cinematic mode even though we did it with the haunting of a murder house but i mean five minutes in you basically now understand what's about to happen here yeah i mean honestly these two scenes while they seem really small are fundamental to filmmaking and telling a good story we already hooked the audience with a pretty good intro, um, I think is good enough to get them going. And I think this is where a lot of indie filmmakers have issues where they'll have really boring dialogue or they'll try to do a lot of character development for the next 10 minutes. And, you know, we've learned from that. We've done it in the past. And in this one, you know, these two scenes, the next scene where they're watching the computer is to just show that they're paranormal investigators and then we could have had a car driving montage or we could have done something really boring. Instead, we hard cut to them narrating to the camera, explaining the plot down to the T. They go into this woods. There's a high abduction rate. They're going to try and figure out what's going on. They're obviously some kind of documentary crew. And so immediately now you're about five or six minutes into the movie. You know that something bad has happened because of the intro. You know who our main characters are, who these two guys are, and what they're going to do. And essentially a little bit of world building because it's basically like, all right, you know, why are these people missing? Um, you know, what's going on? We're going to go figure it out. So now you're on like this mystery kind of movie, a paranormal mystery movie. And I think that's just really good. You know, it was really quick. It was really easy. Um, but once again, it took us a while to get to this point, but these two scenes are perfect. I would not change them. If I had the option to do them again, I do them again. And honestly, I do think we got really lucky with that lighting. I try to recreate it in Bigfoot. I don't think we got, you know, as good as it was there for whatever reason, it was just perfect golden hour. Um, so really, really happy with this whole setup, this movie to me right now, outside of like maybe special effects and maybe doing the Nelson for the intro is pretty flawless. Yeah, I mean, a, a good example of if your scenes are good, if they reappear, you know, and again, we we took what we knew worked. And um, what's even better is, you know, we actually had a very good reference for it for the Bigfoot Project. I mean, one, we had Andrew again, so that's a good reference point there, too. But basically being like, hey, this is exactly, you know, what we need to essentially explain what's going on here. Um, and I think really the the essence of it probably came from the haunting of the murder house. If you really think of you know, them sitting there and talking, and that was a cinematic one, but they were still talking to that. And we saw the benefit of that. We moved it up in the sense of, you know, making it quicker. And yeah, I mean, I think you have a really, really good scene here. And then we moved to the title sequences. And I think we did a very, very smart move with the title sequence here, which is basically you get those interview scenes. And now most found footage movies would essentially have some either B-roll or something like that because they're trying to get to the hour 20 minute mark. And because we understand the, the pacing and everything, we basically are able to combine two things in once. One, you get background lore. 
Two, you get the title sequence. Both of those things are really great. And as we mentioned now, most people are on their phone. So if you're on your phone, you get a title sequence of people explaining what may or may not be there. And again, I think we've really nailed home that this plot is a mix between, is it a paranormal super active or supernatural event? Or is it just parents, you know, trying to cope with losing and, and loss? And, you know, that's what's basically going on with the town. So you really instill that with the um, title sequence and, you know, huge shout out to our discord, uh, the discord community for, for providing amazing performances when it comes to just those, those roles there. Cause again, it, it gives you the perspective. It gives you the concept of, you know, there's kind of a mix in this town of what's actually happening in these woods. Yeah. I'm really happy that we had enough footage to get this to the hour 20 mark without having to, you know, do something like we did in forest of death, which was just have graphics overlaid with, um, you know, the title sequence, I think it adds value. We're building the lore. You know, you have to have credits. Um, so what's the best way to do it? You know, have a whole bunch of people explaining the reason why these people are going missing, but having different perspectives. Yeah, some people think it's a witch. Some people think it's drugs. Some people think it's just people going lost. Um, and I thought we did a really good job. I think the acting was great. Um, you know, pro tip for indie filmmakers, if you have a whole bunch of interviewers, have them do all the interviewers. So each one of these people um, that you see on there did read for every single one of these interviews. I think there's like five or six of them. And then it just gives you the option to kind of chop it up how you see fit. All I'm really looking for is a couple of pieces of gold. And, you know, everyone did such a fantastic job out there that we had a really long sequence. It explains a lot of things. It kind of instills a little bit of doubt, um, adds to the mystery element, develops a little bit of red herrings. And I think that's kind of a cool thing to do. And it moves the plot forward. You're learning more about the world in a scene that should usually be pretty boring, which is a title sequence. But once again, we put a little brain power on it. We were a little clever and we were able to push this plot forward um, without really losing too much momentum. Yeah. Again, the, the, I think the, the real benefit of, you know, learning and understanding is that shift when it goes from, I need more footage to make this work to how do I maximize every single frame to make it as best as possible. And the Hollywood method of that is just to spend millions and millions of dollars in the sense of filming so much footage. But on the indie filmmaker level, you know, understanding that from the beginning is really something that like can add up. And, you know, again, being able to combine those two things, I think really just shows us seems kind of like a, a, a mundane or kind of, you know, not as, as big thing, but it, it adds up there. So we immediately then cut to our classic B-roll in the forest. You got to have people hiking around and when you're, you're hiking in the forest, it's going to be golden hour. So you have a few little clips there, but mainly the next real scene is popping to banking Brendan, Brendan Wallace. He went missing. So a picture of little Brendan right there being explained. And again, I think to me, this is just, you know, we, we talk about it all the time of reinforcing the plot and pushing it forward, but this is basically them picking right back up on the stories. And if you, you look at all of this different things, you're basically saying the same thing, but in multiple different ways with multiple different people saying it from the intro and the title. And that to me culminates perfectly with them explaining and setting up the night scene. So really the way that it kind of works is this whole first chunk from basically four minutes to right now we are at uh eight minutes so this whole four minutes is four minutes of solid setup for the plot 
but done in a very well done way. And I think multiple characters weighing in with the title sequence. And then basically you have Bo and Georgie picking up saying, hey, here's where we are. Here's another incident there. And more importantly, it is now dark out and night is spooky. So it sets everything up there. But again, I think you will see scenes like these are these are almost like the very effective and useful downbeats that are the skeleton of your movie. And, you know, being able to have them flow as the way they're doing is super critical. Like it, it's really interesting because it's almost like it sounds very straightforward, but like it is really, really easy to miss these downbeats, to miss these stories, to miss things like this. And I would say when we were early in our filmmaking careers, especially in like the first features that we did, we would just kind of assume that everyone understood what was happening after, you know, the briefest of intro. We probably would even assume that based on the intro, people would know what was happening. So I think having another solidifying of the plot is really well done. And I mean, right now, I would say four minutes into the movie, if we asked someone to give us a synopsis of the movie, they would basically be spot on. Yeah, and this is like a little bit of a cheat. And one of the reasons that I really like doing the found footage movies is any time that I feel like we need to remind the viewer the plot or move the plot forward or kind of come up with something else for the plot, you can just narrate to the camera. Hold something up, hold a prop up, and narrate to the camera. And you'll see this. We do this a lot in Bigfoot. And then my whole philosophy is we do it as many times as we possibly can and then leave it up to editing. If I feel like we're giving away too much plot or reiterating ourselves, we're wasting time, I could just cut it. But if not, it's there. And from my experience, most indie filmmakers do not explain the plot enough. I see it in Hollywood movies all the time. They don't explain the plot enough. There's a lot of times where I'm like, what is going on here? Um, and it's just, you know, you always want to kind of make sure that people are understanding where they are in the journey, what just happened, where they are now, and what's going to happen later. And this is a cool, easy way to do it. Um, build some lore. I think the only thing would be, once again, trying to make sure you're maximizing the potential of the movie would be something from the intro, you know, tying the intro, maybe Lizzie or Jessica, you know, they're going back to that spot. So then you're like, oh, well, they were here. Here's what happened to them. Maybe hold up a picture so you can kind of go back and, you know, understand what happened in the beginning. Or if we go the Nelson route, um, this could have been the last place that Casey was seen. Um, really just try and tie it together. I know we like to do the one-off intros, but if we had the opportunity, I think that might be the only thing um, just to kind of build up that Nelson character a little bit more, uh, a little bit quicker. Yeah, I think the difference with this one versus some of the other movies that we have is like it's becoming more and more apparent that like this is really a very heavily Nelson-driven dilemma and the idea of like you know this person's tragic story and what's happening paranormal um and i think i do agree now in watching it if you did kind of lean heavily into everything was casey morgan like i mean honestly if this was all just a casey morgan incident like casey morgan was like a a, a huge you know story and everything like that and they went to find it i think that would have more oomph than kind of the you know random missing kids that we went for and I think that is something that becomes, you know, more apparent with that. But again, these are the staple scenes. Did a great job. We're going into it. So now we are going into our second pop scare, Mr. Rubber Ducky and Mr. Aries coming in with a shotgun right to your face. I think it works out really, really well. One, ducks are scary. Little toys 
creepy. It's the woods. Turn around, shock under your face. Amazing performance by Howard, as always. And he just really solidifies some panic. And again, if you look at this now, that occurs at the basically the nine minute mark is when we get the shotgun scare. And if you look at these these first 10 minutes of this intro of this movie, you have the plot and you have two scares stacked on themselves. And again, I just really feel like we are getting closer and closer to this very clean structure. And again, it comes with experience, but I mean, this is very solid here. I think the shotgun scare is a really, really good one. You know, I know we, we typically see it uh, more and more. We, we bring it back in a, a few times and um, it's just something where we always talk about the passive pop scares where, you know, it's a pop scare. That's not something that would make you immediately leave. You know, it is something that can easily be explained away as someone confused or didn't mean to, or I'm sorry, like the accidental scare. But I think the shotgun of the crazy local is always going to be a DBS staple. Yeah. I mean, I like this scene. Um, it shows you our progress from when we did it with Ben versus now. And I think it's a million times better than what we did now. My only issue with this scene is you can see it's two different forests because, you know, we just didn't have a really spooky woods area for um, the original location. We had to go back and it's actually like pieces of the Roger project. Um, if you're going to do these scares in a found footage movie, they really have to be oneers. I think if we would go back and do this, the fact that I have to chop this up, that there's multiple pieces chopped up just is to me, it bothers me. I don't think it's as engaging when you have these long oneers, you just feel like you're more part of the movie. And when it's kind of, when it's kind of cutting around, you kind of lose a little bit of the engagement. So I think that, you know, if we could do it as a oneer, I think it would have been much better. Um, I would have got actual, so like you can actually hear like the ADRs a little bit off in this one as well. And I think all these things together, while I don't think it's a bad scene, I think it does kind of pull you out a little bit. And so if I were to do this again, I would just spend more time blocking, more time with the actors and really get a one, you know, two minute oneer in there. Um, and I think we'd be been much better. Um, but that being said, like, you know, is it the best thing that we could have done? I think we can get better, but at no point is it bad. I think it's a good pop scare. It keeps you entertained. It shows you, all right, things are going to happen that, you know, I think it really kind of sets the tone of keeping the viewer on their toes because they know we're going to, we have the ability to just throw in pop scares now. And I think a lot of found footage movies really suffer from, all right, they have one or two cool moments and then nothing really happens to the end where this one's almost like an actual horror movie that's shot cinematically where throughout the movie, you're going to have these pop scares. You want to keep the audience on your toes. You never know what's going to happen. So I think, you know, like you said, the recap right now, I think we're in a really, really solid place with this movie. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely agree. I think those cuts are the big one. Like anytime you do have a cut in a found footage one versus like that smoothness of it is, is uh, critical there. And I know, you know, you're like, Hey, watch, I can whip into a tree and you know, we get close, but you can always kind of tell a little bit. I will say, I think you're thinking a little too much about it because I don't think the average person will really notice or put much merit to what you were saying. But again, it is that good to great level mindset. That's really important with filmmaking. Um, but no, I, I think it's really good. And that's going to wrap up the first part of the scene by scene breakdown. So I just kind of want to get a quick little recap. I think, I mean, in my opinion, this is our best start to a movie yet, really. 
Like it, it, you have everything you need. And I think really we knew that horror or uh, force of death was going to be something bigger because it was cinematic in the sense of, you know, like what you're, you're basically doing um, in the sense of actually executing on it. So that was kind of the hard part. Found footage is much easier to make. So I think it allowed us to focus in on the basics of storytelling that we knew, you know, work and execute on them. So I think this is an example, again, we always mention found footage is one of the easier ones to execute on for a lot of different reasons. But I think because of that, you're able to see us kind of boil down all of the things that we know work and really focus it in on them. But I do believe that this is our best like kickoff to a movie in the sense of the first like 10 minutes, you know, usually we, we miss on the downbeat or there's a scene that's slow. Like honestly, by this point in time with a scene by scene breakdown, I usually kind of have something where it's like, oh, we definitely do this differently. And really, you know, we've mentioned we'd lean heavier into the Casey side of things, but like there, there would, there would be like a change in the polish. There would not be any kind of structural change to this, at least in my opinion. So I'm curious what you think about this first 10 minutes we got. Yeah. I think, you know, if you're asking me, all right, like how do we make this one better? What do we do for the next one? It's just the small little things I mentioned, but I do agree with you. I think that the next movie um, you know, I know for this one, we really wanted to make the Nelson character a big part of the movie, but I think it was also part that Jim had such a great performance that this movie can really be almost a fully Nelson movie. And I think that, you know, I've seen some reviews trickle in as far as like um critic reviews and they're like, you know, I wish we would have gotten Nelson in there more sooner. And I don't know necessarily if we could bring him in sooner because he really hits at the perfect part, which is the 30 minutes uh, of the movie. But I think we can make the movie about him. And I think that's what people are wanting. They want to know more about Nelson. They want to know more about Casey. And we need to show them that. And the ways that I would do that is change the intro to Nelson and Casey, have them, you know, have this pop scare with the hunter, with delivering Nelson and Casey lore. And I'm kind of happy that this is the feedback because this is the direction that we took Bigfoot in. It's really a movie to go find this hermit character and all the way through. Yeah, there's Bigfoot, but for the most part, they're trying to find this guy and track him down. So I think either subconsciously, we kind of figured that out and moved that to Bigfoot. But I really do think that outside of small little tweaks and, you know, just getting better at filmmaking and better at cinematography and better at direction, I think that would be my only big time change would just be to not bring Nelson forward in this movie, but just incorporate him, add in more breadcrumbs so that when you do see Nelson, when you have that trailer scene, when he is introduced, you know, everything you need to know about this guy. So we can kind of just push this movie forward. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's, you know, again, adding the the little bit of additional information for the the story with Nelson is is the way to go. But other than that, I think it's a really good start. That's going to go ahead and wrap up the first part of the scene by scene breakdown. We will pick up right there when they get back to their Airbnb and things are a little bit creepy because the door is wide open. Be sure to go ahead and take a look at our Discord channel online, but go ahead give us a rent, give us a review. It means the world to us. It allows us to go ahead and make movies for our fans, with our fans, and continue to do this amazing process and keep you guys up to date in our filmmaking. Until then, have a good one, my friends.